I am indeed. Lionel Twain. <sighs> You've all been so clever for so long. You've forgotten to be humble. Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts, John. Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski, that's terrific. Rob. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And Hydroburn. What country are you from? What? what ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? Welcome to Cinemigos, the podcast where each week one of us will introduce the others to a film they have not seen in order to expand our cinematic horizons. This week I'll be your host, your boy, John Kinetic Onslaught, and uh, today we will be discussing my pick, which is Murder by Death from 1976, and I got my two boys here with me today. We got rob robert yo how you doing man doing good buddy good and then of course the other third of the triforce eh? my man <laughs> something light hydra bird yo yo you guys can call me rafe for the rest of the show if you want. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i'm just kidding what's going on another day in paradise yeah i'm ready for another cinematic horizon uh, wide awakening there we yes. go there we go this was definitely uh uh, a movie I had never even heard of. So is, this is uh, a lot of fun. That's awesome. Fuck yeah. So here in episode five, again, you know, this is my pick. Just some uh, brief explanation of why. I had a grandfather-in-law who was, uh, he was a very old school, watched a lot of old stuff. Old Black and white was just, that was, he just loved, loved old, old shit. I was super young. Uh, around seven or eight at the time, I believe, when I watched this. And uh, this was one of his favorites. So I thought it would be cool to honor him just to uh, bring it up to show to you guys and uh, have a little bit of a piece of that move on. So that is why I picked it. That's awesome. And, and, yeah. And me as an elderly man, I, I also thoroughly enjoyed it because yeah. I, I like old shit too. So <laughs> no, that's really touching, actually. I like that you, there's yeah. something there. Uh, other than just the fact that you enjoy this film that, you know, right. there's more to the story that you're bringing here for the podcast. I think that's awesome. That's awesome. Like it's uh, and I'm glad we get to talk about it. It's a it's a it's a fun film. And I'm glad we're able to honor your your grandfather like that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I had never I had never seen this film. For those of you who uh, might not know, this is again, it's episode five. We're going to be talking about murder by death synopsis real quick here. We got. <clears throat> Five famous literary detective characters and their sidekicks are invited to a bizarre mansion to solve an even stranger mystery. Nice. I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> you like cleared your throat to get into movie movie guy mode. <clears throat> Mine, right? Yeah. Yeah. You had to pull his like his uh, in a world. Out. Yeah, in yeah. a world. Oh, wait, heart. Sorry. <clears throat> in yeah. a world. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This. So this movie is this is one of those movies where the director is not like kind of the. Um, uh the the focus like normally be like oh it's a movie directed by this guy but like the 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 way i saw it uh based off of 
uh, when I was renting it, it's like, oh, it's Neil Simon's Murder by Death. And yeah, I was yeah. like, Neil Simon's not the director. He's the writer of this. But I'll talk briefly about the director. His name is Robert Moore. Uh, mostly did theater theater plays and TV direction. And he, he only has three theatrical films that he ever did. One of them being this. And they were all Neil Simon projects. So clearly he hmm. was uh, pretty, must have been friends with Neil Simon, which is why he got the gig. Um and we'll talk a little bit about Neil Simon. He's uh, he's the big name attached with the film. He's a theater writer, mostly did comedies. Probably his most famous work is The Odd Couple. Uh, so if you're familiar oh, with wow. that, well, that's that's who uh, did The Odd Couple is Neil Simon. Um, and he also, uh, the reason he created this film is he really wanted to make, uh, he loves murder mysteries and he wanted to create a, a comedic play of his favorite detectives. And he also wanted to express his frustration with uh, as a fan of some of those works because, yeah, and we'll get to that yeah, later as we talk about the movie. But yeah, so he wanted to create this movie, which he did. He And he also did uh, a semi-sequel to this called The Cheap Detective that also stars Peter Falk. And yeah, so he did um, a lot of stuff like this. And many all, all the films and stuff that he created, like uh, they're all stage plays. That got adapted into uh, into movies. I could see that. Yeah. So this this actually was a stage play at some point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when, but yeah, they were able to turn into a movie. I could see that the way the characters are written and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I could see this played on stage. Uh, And like being removed as the you know the actors walk off and then like oh it's a different room. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the cast is most uh, they're all parodies of detectives from novels and film, and we'll discuss that as we go into the movie. All right, cool. Yeah, totally. Uh, Real quick, just to add on to that too. Uh, the it was funny because I I had saw something that he had said as well about uh where as far as state like plays and stuff like that. He's talking. He was talking about mo- for the most part, the crowd all sees the same thing, no matter where you're sitting, right? It's yeah, like, yeah, that's right. For the he most part, the crowd that. on on a play is going to see that. And he was talking about with um with a movie it's it's basically the director's vision he's like so you 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 give this over to him and then it's like if it's shot from above or shot from the side he's like you right. it's not exactly how he's like it's just it was very it was very interesting to see the finalized product when it's written for the for the stage versus a film and he's like and it was just very interesting to see someone else's yeah and uh, i think he was process. really pleased with how it came out he's like yeah this is this is better than I ever imagined it would turn out. And because I think it uh, uh, cinematically it shot very well. I, I, I really liked it. Yeah. It's uh, are we getting into reviews. I just want to spoil the warning basically. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah let's the... I'm just saying like, uh, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, but no, I did. I did really like, uh, like I like the opening and like the, the mystery box that we see. Yeah. Opened that up and I thought that was just awesome. Like... And I, I like the um, I thought the title card was very fun, like the envelopes with all the guest names and dudes writing like crazy, like all these invitations out to dinner and a murder. Yeah. And then we get the blind butler. Uh, he takes the envelopes and says, um, you think they'll come, sir? We don't see who. Uh, yeah, we don't see who wrote the invitations out, but we hear them. And to me, it sounded feminine because this is the first time I've seen this. So yeah. I just I rewound it. I was like, it sounded like a feminine name. Uh, like voice, even though they're showing sort of that is his, that is that guy's real voice, though Truman Capote. Yeah, but this comes into play later in the end too. So it <laughs> yeah. makes sense that it does sound that way. Um, and I was already thinking like whoever's house this is is pretending to be this man, or like maybe it's his wife or a sibling. I wasn't sure, but I, my mind instantly once 
like just from the beginning started started thinking of like i wonder what's going on here so like totally the film does does that pretty well it gets you engaged right away in the mystery of it all and old boy alfred or um uh what is it benson mums oh, james sir benson mum james yeah Sir-Benson. he <laughs> when he's supposed to lick all the stamps he's like yeah. licking them and <laughs> Going like that to the table. That's part of my, that's like part of the reason I love this movie so much is because it's just that. Like it's just basically an hour and 40 minutes ish of that, right? Just kind of slapstick bullshit. Like it's like dry though. It's like a dry slapstick humor. There's like innuendos and totally. Yeah. There's like a lot of wordplay. And then like the scene kind of just plays out and there's not like a ha ha ha, you know, laugh track or anything like that. Like, it's not like a gut, but you get like this chuckle where you like, I don't know, the scene sit for a minute on the joke where you're just yeah. sort of like, oh, it's okay, like, I get what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's like dry, dry wit, pithy, the kind of uh, like a, 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 a very specific way of delivering the lines. It's just kind of like this matter of fact, yet it's ridiculous. Yeah. And like uh, all the actors sit with the joke in the room when it's said, you know, and they kind of yeah. like, they, they try not to laugh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually was really surprised that because uh, the uh, butler is Alec Guinness, and that you know he's—I yeah, was very surprised with that. Talk about yeah. it, uh, Neil Simon. Was, yeah, he was so ecstatic about getting Alec Guinness for the role. And he's like, "Hey, if there's anything in this screenplay that you don't like, we'll change it." He's like, "No, this is great. This is uh, this is right up my alley. It's something different, and this is—it's funny. I, I want to—I I love it." I thought he was great. I loved him in the very beginning, like at yeah. when he's just sort of playing the dumb. Well, not dumb, but, you know, blind fucking uh, he's not aware of what's going on um, right. for the most part. At least that's yeah. what it looks like. You know, he, he, right. he's opening the door the wrong, the wrong way or like he thinks. Yeah, dude, that shit is so closing the door. All these gags. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. got his eyes like rolled up into the back of his head a little bit, trying to yeah. look like blind. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually really hard to do. Yeah. I don't know how- like the, to maintain uh, that during a scene, that's probably fucking that was yeah miserable, dude. That's just I just do it for 30 seconds. This shit is miserable. Yeah, uh yeah. Most people are gonna know Alec Guinness. He played Obi-Wan Kenobi for uh, Star Wars, and actually during the filming of this movie, during uh between takes, he was reading the script for Star Wars. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he because he had just gotten the role, so he was reading up on it. Because I think that was the wow. very next year that they were. So he was actually probably going to, after this, he was going to be filming Star Wars. Um, but uh, it was I cool mean, to see him. Yeah. Dude, I mean, it's awesome story. Because I think at one point, like Neil Simon is walking around or something and he sees him reading it. And he's like, he saw that, like, he's, he's like, all I could see was the script said Star Wars on it. And I asked him, I was like, what's that? And he, he, he responded back to him with, like, oh, it's just the future, Neil, just the future. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, have you? I mean, are you guys familiar with like other than Star Wars? Are you familiar with some of Al Guinness's work? Like, I am not. Actually. I am not either. No. Oh man, we we're gonna get into some of his films later on. I'll probably I'll choose them. They're fucking great. Uh, like Bridge I mean, on the he, River. Bridge okay. on the River. Why is one of the greatest films of all time? It's so good. Nice. And he's a great actor, and that's why it's like uh, he was so frustrated uh, with his with o- being Obi Wan because that's where everyone recognized him from. Is like. And he was not happy with that. He, yeah, I can he, see that. Uh, but that's what he got known for later in his life. That's all people recognize him for. Of but, course, yeah. Uh, but I'm glad he was in this. This is it was so fun to see him against type. Uh, yeah. Just being 
in co- this comedy. I liked him a lot, like his little gags and just his wordplay, like the way he would do his name, like Bunsen Mums. Yes, Mom. he would like slip it in there sometimes, as if yeah. Like, like it's just because it's just an add-on that's like sort of like well that's a weird name man like benson yeah sounds like uh, yeah. like a butler and then he's mums at the end well yeah and it's when he's talking to uh to Maggie, david niven's right? character and yeah she's oh. like uh uh she thought he was saying like ma'am like ma'am, it was like, yeah ma'am, yeah and like, then he says ma'am after he says no mum ma'am yeah. <laughs> and then he leaves the room and some mum that's so it was that's so mcgonagall man that's mcgonagall yeah, Bro, she's awesome in this, and she's a fox, bro. She's yeah. super hot. Oh yeah. yeah, dude, I loved her character. She's sort of like ditzy and naive a little bit, but um, you know, there's there's definitely some misogyny to this uh, the script. You know, the, the it's way an old movie. movie. Yeah. It's yeah. an old movie. It's also playing on older uh, types, stereotypes, and that's that's what it's going for. It's not trying yeah. to be to be deliberately that so way. It's like it's like a it film is. of the time, but about another time as well. Bingo. Right. Exactly. And further back. So, but um, yeah, but I liked her character and I like the way she gets involved in everything and starts like, you know, her husband's like, no, the, um, like everybody has a sidekick. I in don't talk movie. to wives. Yeah, that was, I was like, <laughs> everybody has a sidekick in this movie though. And all the sidekicks want to get involved in the mystery as well. Yeah. Um, can we talk real quick? So like, it was kind of a shock when I saw Wang. Yeah, I was just like, bro, oh, I, is, I'm, I'm going to this I'm is glad problematic, right? I'm looking at it. I'm just like, oh, man, this Asian guy is pretty bad. So, but then I realized I looked it up real quick and I okay. realized what it was. It's a, yeah, it's a satire. It's a on um, on Charlie Chan. And the fact that, you know, like he his character was played by white males or a, a male. A Swedish, of, he was a Swedish yeah. American actor that was playing a. Well, there were more than there's one, more than one person, I think, that played him too. So. Yeah, so Charlie Chan films, uh, that character has been in, I think, like four dozen films. Like, it's uh, maybe not necessarily always his own film, yeah. but there's like, it was, uh, there was like four dozen films with Charlie Chan as a character mm-hmm. in some form or fashion. And I was looking this up too because I don't think people are going to understand, like, uh, why Peter Sellers is doing this character. Because they obviously they have another Asian actor that's, that plays his psyche. Yeah. The Japanese, Japanese, which he says. So so Charlie Chan was created by the, uh, I forget the author's name. Um, I just forget the author's name at the moment. But uh, Charlie Chan was created as a character because that that author wanted to um, not have like a bad stereotype of Asians. So there there was always like the Asians were the bad guys that were infiltrating America. It was like a villain yeah so he wanted uh, yellow peril it was yeah yellow peril that's that, he was trying to go against that and so he created charlie chan and charlie chan i think was of mixed asian descent so he was like a he supposed was, to be Han- a honolulan or yeah something. so he was like a whole he was based in hawaii and so he was of mixed descent so he was chinese but he was also like i think he was mixed with something else mm. from what i understood and that so having peter sellers do this role like that that was kind of the point and it wasn't about making fun of asians it was about making fun of this particular character yeah and it was like a character on the charlie chan type. version of like, yeah. like how charlie chan looks they actually look very similar so it wasn't uh um that's kind of today you probably won't be able to get away with this but back then it wasn't right. as big of a deal well, even uh, it's funny just to throw this in. I uh, this uh, seems like perfect time for it. So 
I had watched a documentary with my wife on uh, my wife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, because uh, she loves Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh and, yeah, that fuck that movie uh, for that part of the movie. I like the movie, but that is right bullshit. And well, and Truman Capote wrote. It's oh, funny because it's, like it's kind of like a full circle thing, right? Where it's like because Truman Capote wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's, Breakfast at Tiffany's film. And in the documentary that we watched, they had talked about it specifically. And and I remember in this, they bring up both characters from both of these movies and they talk about them uh, portraying, you know, that culture and, and what it was. And it just it, it was just a different it was just a different time. And it's, you know, as shitty as it is, it's like it, it's just a wild thing to think about. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, like it's, how it, how it was ever just perceived as like a an okay thing is just fucking yeah crazy because there are actors that you could have gotten to play yeah, of course yeah. like you could have gotten somebody to do it yeah. and they even have an asian male playing his adopted son which i think is you know that's part of the joke that's part of the sure yeah. totally you know what i mean this, like this was not done out of any sort of uh malice or mm-hmm. so you know they're not trying to be uh if anything it's kind of trying to bring to light in a sense mm-hmm. the fact that it was done you know that's the vibe I get for sure. When you directly, when it's so, so blatant. And like you said, you have the other actor right next to him. It, it seems like it's pretty, but like, it's tricky. Cause there's a lot of like stereotypical, like Asian humor here. Oh, know, for sure. it's all, it's all pretty negative. Yeah. Uh, Peter Falk. You know, uh, he's got the big on. teeth and he's like, Ooh, you know, right. I mean? or even it's just like the old cartoons and like, it's yeah, it's just not, but like you said, I, I, I like his character though. I do like, I, I really like Wang. Yeah, Wang's yeah. a good character. In this movie. Like I said, it's not done out of any sort of malice. That's why, like, for this one, I'm actually okay with it because I, I know what they're trying to go for. Mm-hmm. Like, with, when it comes to Breakfast at Tiffany's, like, that character is so, like, not important to the movie at all. It's like, so right. why even have it? You, or yeah. if you couldn't find an Asian actor for that, you know, just fi- make it, like, make him, like, Greek or whatever, or something else. Whatever, like, right, right. Um, I just thought it was interesting that it was, like, Truman Capote wrote that and then... yeah. I was just kind of connecting the dots there was like, especially since that's one, you know, she loves it. So it was just like, it was like, oh, damn, this is kind of interesting. I think this film, too, kind of missed the opportunity to have like a person of color too. Um, like they could have had a detective or some somebody, you know what I mean? Like a, a black uh, P.I. or something like that or something. They had, but I'm trying to think of like back in like the era that they're trying to recreate, like the, the 30s and 40s. There wasn't really even in like books. I don't think they're really it there was, been, even a, even if I don't know. I just think they, there was no shaft back then. There could have like, been. <laughs> there could have been. I, but this movie's made in the 70s. So I, well, I understand yeah. that. But like it's not hearkening. It's not like a. um it's meant to harken back to like the thirties and forties. That's why they're driving those cars. And there's not, I, I, at least I'm not aware of any novels that have a black main character. That's a detective. Yeah, I think that true. came much more later. Like, if there was did, no actual resource to pull from that would make sense. Why I wasn't there. Yeah, like where we get, it like, would have been interesting to see that played out as well in the film. I thought in the seventies, it would have been, it would have been interesting to see a, a black actor and they're like a Sidney Poitier or somebody like that mm-hmm. acting it up. Yeah, that would guys. be yeah. that would be great. Um, uh, yeah, I, I there could I feel like that's a little bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah, for the film. Uh, Professor McGonagall does look good though, doesn't she? Dude, she wow, looks she's in that white dress. I was like, damn. I just like her. She's a great actress too. Like I don't know her from a lot of stuff to be honest. Um, right. I, I so like just to get back on Wang, not the negative, the positive. Dude yeah. is fucking hilarious. Okay. Yeah, so oh, Peter Sellers is great. 
Dude, I found Wong's dialogue very funny. Um, when he makes his and the stuff he does, he makes his adopted son go across the rickety bridge in the yeah. car, test it, and then yeah. once it's safe enough, then he tells him, "Now come back and pick me up." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, when he, he when just, he tells him, he's like, "Why do I got to do it, Pop?" He's like, "Cause I was smart enough to get out first. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, there's like that. There's scenes when they get to when they arrive there when they hear the did dog. not finish Mushroom Story, you idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't finish Mushroom Story because he's like, that's what he does. He tells these little quippy stories, and then he's then, like, it's like it, it, he's giving like these like Confucianisms. Yeah, that's yeah. Actually, it's, it's all crazy. It's all. Ridiculous. It's exactly what they are. Yeah. <laughs> there's a scene where later where they hear, like, what is that noise? And you hear it. It sounds like a vicious dog. And Bensimum says. It's oh, the, it's cat. the cat, and yeah. Goes, yeah. you feed cat dog food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's just fucking. You know, I'm like that made me laugh. I'm so glad they got. Um, so the original uh, actor that they were going to put in that role, uh, you guys know who Orson Welles is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They, Orson Welles was supposed to play Sidney Wang. Uh, but he couldn't do it because he was working on a play in Italy. So he's like, ah, oh, crap, I can't do it. He was going to do it, but he couldn't do it. So they got Peter Sellers. And I think, honestly, that was, I think that ended up being better, having Peter Sellers. Yeah, I thought Peter Sellers does a really good job. Yeah. The role. There's yeah. a lot of subtle jokes. and uh, Dude, that's wild. Like- Rob, everything that you're bringing up is crazy. I think you you may have in- watched the same. So I, I own this movie. Uh, and there were, part of the bonus features, there's an interview with Neil Simon. And uh, I'm, I, it sounds like just based on like what you're like the so far, what you've had to say, you must, have, you must have watched the same thing then. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because it was super interesting. Like he like the whole the, the Star Wars play and then him talking about Orson Welles, not uh, not playing. The yeah. Part. Did uh, uh, did either of you guys uh, share that video in the uh, the discord? Uh, yeah, I think I put it in our group yes. chat. So I uh, didn't I didn't get to see it. Where was it? It was in our group chat. The group chat. I think it was. Uh, it was they, I think the group I said chat's it. only for memes and dick jokes, man. It's yeah, not. Well, it's, well, the Discord is where you send the actual importance. Okay. I, maybe I put it in the Discord. I don't no, remember. Uh, you might be right, man. Mine was on the. Like I said, I had. It was just you a, own the movie. You own the movie, so you have. Oh, yeah, that, that sounds interesting. I, I, I was scouring the uh, the interwebs for. Oh yeah, the dark web interviews and stuff. Yeah. Um, dude. Some of the blind jokes are just hilarious in this, like the gags, like when he's yeah, like, oh, it's, it's cool. It's really chilly in the uh, the mansion. And he says, don't worry, sir. I lit a fire in yeah. your room uh, as if like it's, you know, uh, on the, in the fireplace. Yeah. Right? It'll warm it up. And then he opens the door to reveal the room and it's just a fire in the middle of the mattress. Yeah. <laughs> to which Wang says after they put it out, well, at least bed will be nice and warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, and the doorbell, the doorbell of the, the, the lady shrieking. So do yeah, you know who, you know who the, you know who the uh, doorbell lady is? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with King Kong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the 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 main actress Faye Ray, when she screams, that's the scream that you hear from the doorbell. Oh shit! And that's she's awesome. got like one of the most iconic screams in like some. Yeah. Okay. So because she's sort of where the term like scream queen came from, basically. It must have been. I mean, yeah, I can't think of anyone. All these, all these actresses used to scream in these old sci-fi, the bug movies and stuff like that. Like, ah, you know what I mean? As soon as they see the bug. So they right, became right. like the term, like scream queen. That makes sense. But uh, yeah, because I saw her build in the in the in the cast. I was like, who the hell? Where was Faye Ray? And I had to look it up. It's like, oh, she's the, the doorbell. <laughs> yeah, because like, I was like, oh, maybe she's one of the sets of eyes that's in the paintings or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something like that. She's yeah, um, she's uh she's uh there as the doorbell. I really just... liked the idea of like the detectives coming to this castle that they like get locked down in 
You know what I mean? Like that, like to, to me, it was just, it, it was such a cool concept to have these people where it's like, he, he gets these people together. Uh, he sends out the notes, everybody shows up, they all bring their plus one. And, uh, and then we, we get the big reveal, right? He, he, Truman Capote pops up. He, uh, he is playing uh, Lionel Twain, right? Yeah. And, and he shows up. It's at the dinner table. Everybody's there. And then, you know, after he makes all of his announcements, everything gets locked down, right? Because they're like, well, we'll just fucking leave. We don't have to sit here, you know? And so they get up and the doors locked down. Everything locks down. And just that, that concept of, of all these detectives together to put this uh, murder mystery to bed that hasn't happened yet. It just it's such a cool concept. And at, at the time, you know, being like nine, 10 years old, it was just like something I had I had zero uh, previous experience with. So it was just like, oh, shit, this was because when I was a kid, I didn't watch it as a comedy. Right. As, as a kid, I, you don't pick these kind of things up. Yeah. So, you're seeing these real these real detectives. These right. Real detectives. So for me, it was like, oh, shit, this is a <laughs> you know, it's not until like, you know, I, I went back and watched it as an adult where it was like. This is not this is not what I thought it was as a child. It's a little bit of both. I mean, there's, there's yeah, like yeah, a, it's there. It rides a fine line. And uh, I think that's good on the the on the film. And I think I think the mystery in the beginning is really cool. like a lot of the books that we read when we're young. They're mostly like mystery novels, right? Like, yeah, a lot of the stuff that they introduce to kids like um, the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, stuff like that. It's all mystery stuff. So to, when you're, you're a kid, you're engaged really in these sort of things. And I mm-hmm. think whether you're old or young, uh, this, I think this film, the way it sets up all these different characters and they're all so different. Right. Even, even the plus ones are different. And yeah. so like, uh, cause we, we kind of touched on them a little bit, but uh, David Niven and Maggie Smith, they play Dick and Dora Charleston and they're a parody off of characters from Nick and Nora Charles from the Thin Man series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know there was one, at least one film, but there was like, a, I think it was a series of novels and like other like, you know, shorts and stuff that they were in. We have James Coco, who plays Milo Perrier. Yeah, uh, he is a Hercule Poirot, who is actually has. There are actually some really good films uh, with that character, uh, Murder on the or- Orient Express, and uh, oh yeah, the uh, Death on the Nile. Uh, they actually did a remake. I guess the Christie last few uh, years, no, uh, both with, of them, uh, with Kenneth Branagh, which are fantastic. Yeah, um, we have. Peter Falk, who plays Sam Diamond, he's a parody of Sam Spade and like and pretty much all these Humphrey Bogart style characters. Yeah, dude. Every time my man talks, it's all a monologue and, yeah. and it's all in the war. Best yeah. character in the, the last time bro. I saw a dame like that, it was in 1942. Yeah. And she left and then. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And then they marched in. What is it? And then the fucking. Yeah. And then the Germans marched. Like, bro, every time he talks, <laughs> he's great. Uh, and then we have Elsa Lanchester, who plays Jessica Marbles. Uh, she's a parody of Miss Marple, uh, which is another Agatha Christie character. I felt like uh, the old lady herself was supposed to be Agatha Christie. I, you know, I never I couldn't quite figure out, like, what exactly they were playing off with that character. When I, I mean, hear I the her. name Agatha Christie, I just think like wrinkly old lady. And it just sounds like an old name, whether exactly. she's like 32 and she's. Just like I hear the name and it just sounds like a really old lady. Yeah, it's um. so. It, but yeah, she's a kind of like one of those character actors. She's in, you know, it's like I know that face from somewhere. She, she's been in a whole shit ton of films. I really like the old lady. I think they were. Yeah. yeah. She's, oh, sicky. Funny. Great some hilarious moments with her. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but it's no gas. And she's like, it's not. I can't help it. I'm old. (laughs) She hardly speaks. But when she does, she says something. Uh, But do you guys know who uh, Jessica Marbles? You know that actress? Do you know where she's from? Familiar, but no, I'm not. I didn't know. She is the bride of Frankenstein. She's the bride of Frankenstein. No shit. That her most, that's her most famous character that she's ever played. Oh, okay. Well, uh, she gained she, weight because she doesn't look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, well, this is also a little different. 40, <laughs> this is like 40 some years later. 40 I mean, years. yeah, people put on weight. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. She's also, I would have never like draw. I would have never been like, oh, you know who that is. I could. Yeah. Uh, that she's also married to a very famous uh, actor, director in uh, Charles Lawton. Uh, which we later on we're gonna do uh, Charles Lawton's film, The Night of the Hunter. So we'll 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 talk more about. No spoilers, man. No spoilers. Yeah, don't no. give it. Don't give away the milk for free when that that's that's gonna buy the later. cow, man. That's way later. So don't worry. Uh, but yeah, those are so those are the characters that we're gonna be dealing with. And what I also love is especially when they all kind of end up meeting at the castle. Just some of the pithy dialogue that they have, and they're yeah. all trying to one up each other. Uh, I like when yeah when they start mixing it up in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Ch- uh, Wang's like, "Oh, I see you're getting to the bottom of things." Meanwhile, he's touching his wife. Uh, Charleston's touching his wife's butt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like yeah, stuff like, like these little like, piffy jokes. Yeah, or like as uh, they're going up the uh, uh, the staircase, and it's like, "Oh, we're going like I'm going to put you in wings." Uh, like uh, wing, oh, yeah. the wing, the wing that wings. Wang yeah. yeah. Oh, we're gonna be in wings, Wang. You know, it's like it's kind of like this weird like. Uh, play on words i'm like oh my god we're gonna be in the wang wing uh isn't that nice dear yeah Yeah. (laughs) i love that she 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 gets to the place and she's drinking a cocktail already like it's like just a permanent accessory both both of them are yeah they're They're just drinking like trying to call you know to see because they're so they park their car when they come in they're just drinking in the in the in the hall with the foyer uh and then like bensimum fucking comes down and um, they left the door open or whatever. And he like, so when everybody shows up to this place, a gargoyle falls off the roof and almost hits him. How many fucking gargoyles does this guy have? Yeah, word. Is he Batman? <laughs> I don't know. Like, anyway, <laughs> so, like they get there and Benson mom, like they mentioned about something about the car. And he's like, it's OK, I'll park it when I I'll, I'll do it when I park it later. And then, yeah. Like, yeah, look at each other like he's going to park the car. Well, it, it pays off from the earlier line too. remember, because she says something. A lot like I can't don't let him park the car. <laughs> well, don't let him park the car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then and then it's like the end of that scene, him walking away and he's like, oh, dude, and the dog, their dog barks. And he goes, oh, don't mind that. It's just the cat. Because yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. Joke earlier about the cat making it. <laughs> then this like there's nothing. There's no payoff to that joke. We don't know. There's not a dog or a yeah. cat. Like <laughs> it's just this random joke. Yeah. And I, you know, it's uh, the character that uh, David Niven plays, the uh, um, uh, Dick Charleston, like he just has this kind of air of superiority about him. It's like, oh, like because when he's, he's like, a oh, man of culture. Yeah. Because yeah. when he, when they're at the table, he's like, oh, uh, the table setting's all wrong. Like, I should be sitting across, you know, yeah. from my wife. So, you know, like, it's, that's how it would normally be at a uh, dinner party. And then they yeah. stand up, both him and Wang, to uh, change seats. And that's like when the swords come falling down, it's like, oh, if I was not so incre- incredibly well-bred, you yeah. know, I would have I would have died. And then Peter Sell, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> Peter Falk, he says, uh, oh, I would have been dead already because he's grime. You know, he's from the streets. Right. You know, he's such a good key. character, dude. I'm from the streets. Yeah. I love when uh, when he walks in and he's got the he's got the nice suit on, kind of similar when they're all kind of like you talk about mixing it up. Right. And he's like, who's the old broad? And mm-hmm. he's like, Sam! 
yeah, and they have that fucking lead. Yeah. That shit know each other. I don't know why that shit. He got the bullet me. hole in his shoulder. Yeah, so yeah. See the, the other guy. guy. Yeah. See the other guy, and then his like assistant or whatever. She says like, "Don't mind him. He was just shot in the head last week." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like like his older case or whatever, his last case or whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, I just <laughs> the the maid was funny too. That when she comes in and she's deaf and mute and Bensamum can't see. And she can't oh. like write in English either or understand. Yeah, she has no idea what he's saying and, and his instructions to her to make dinner. Like she can't even hear him. She can't hear the servant bell when he rings it. Right. <laughs> and and it, like all these little jokes on that. And it was perfect timing with the note cards, too, because I don't know about you guys, but on the watch, it's like because she pulls them out for him to, to read. Right. And to mm. see. And then at, at a certain point, it's like almost exactly before the card comes out that like, oh, hey, by the way, I can't fucking read or write English. Somebody else wrote these for me yeah. because in my mind, that was like literally like I had just got done having that thought like, well, it doesn't fucking matter because if she she wrote like they should be able to she should be able to understand the instructions that he's giving her. And then it's like almost as soon as I have that thought, the card comes out where it's like, oh, hey, also. I, I, it just felt very yeah. like a uh, very highbrow, like a like a like a like a mental fuck almost like, a, oh, I, yeah. this is, this is going to be it's, it, the, yeah, the, the building blocks for the joke are like the way it, it kind of trails you along. Yeah, yeah. For the joke. And then the next punchline hits with like the notes. And then yeah. if you look down real quick, you scroll down, you see that they're made by the Acme handwritten. Yeah, 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 company yeah. Or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the uh, that uh, that actress Nancy Walker, because uh, they uh, some just call her like the I think like the the blind the, the deaf oh. mute uh, servant. Uh, her name is also Yetta, so I it, yeah, yeah. which is never really stated in the film. I think um, what but, her uh, name? Uh, yeah, I don't know if they it, say it, it is like once or twice, and they they show it written down. Oh, yeah. that's okay. That's how we know what her name is. But she's mostly a TV actress. This is her very last film that she ever did. Mm. Oh, okay. What what TV shows has she done? Do you know? Um, I think she was in. I want to say she like looks really familiar. I think she was in Rhoda. Hold on, let me. Okay. Pull. Yeah, I think she was like it, like some of the great like seventies comedies. Like I think she was exactly. probably like Mary Tyler Moore. And then she was. And then she played Yetta in this. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, Mary Tyler Moore, Rhoda. Yeah. But yeah, I do like I do like like you said when they start all mixing it up and like Wang noticed the blonde hairs on uh, Dick Charleston's. Uh, jacket and yeah. find that he's you know possibly cheating um yeah he's like oh wang wrong you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, i'm not trying to sell you up the river so, <laughs> and then the french dude pierre uh he's just sort of gross i don't know like the way he eats his chocolate and oh dude yeah, well, so, and they were, i think they were alluding that like him and his uh his driver like were gay like they were like a couple. really that's I what i that's kind of like why i, I get that before but because like they're sleeping in bed together and he has that weird like sheer shirt that he's wearing. That's weird. Yeah, he had a weird things to keep your socks up. Uh, this is all. Yeah, this is also the film debut of James Cromwell, who plays the driver. of. Yeah, uh, talk uh, about uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> Milo P. Uh, Perrier. <laughs> uh, dude, that's one of my favorite jokes from the. From, and I don't I think it's just because I remember like this making my grandpa and my mom laugh so hard. So yeah. for me, it's just something that I like. It always stuck with me. But when they're riding, uh, this is the, when they're riding to the uh, to the castle, the, to the location, to two Twain house. And he tells him uh, how hungry he is. He's telling him, I'm, I'm starving. 
And then uh, James Cromwell tells him, oh, I, I got a bad feeling about this. It's in me buns. And he's like, buns? You have buns and you didn't tell me? He's like, oh, no, monsieur, <laughs> the buns, my buns. My body. <laughs> I just, like, that shit killed my fan. Like, they thought that was just the funniest shit in the world. So for yeah. me, every time I hear that scene, it's like, I can just, like, I can vividly picture both of them just laughing super hard about it. So, so here's the thing, too. Like, we got a guy who's not a Frenchman acting like he's a Frenchman. Yeah, We're yeah, not yeah. really as offended about Belgian. it right, as we are about the Asian, you know, portrayal. So that that the Hercule Poirot character, he's Belgian, but he speaks a very fluent French. Yeah, and so then I, like we said, Cromwell, he's not, but he's supposed to be French as well. He's an English actor, I think. Yeah, isn't he? yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like this. It's like I'm not a Frenchie, I'm a Belgie. Yeah. <laughs> I got Peter Falk too. At first, like he was hamming it up with his like monologues, but I do like when I started like really uh, listening to his performance. I like like he does this cross eye thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His eyes. Oh. And he then does, he does, hold on, he does like this lisp also with yeah. his voice as he's speaking. It's just his character fucking makes me laugh. That thing in his eye, that's not a, he's not doing something with his eye. He has, he is missing an eye. Okay, that's but it doesn't eye. happen during Columbo. I think for other I'm, roles that I've seen, like, I, I, he's literally, so he's pushing it to the left or doing something with it. Though, yeah, it seems much exaggerated for sure. Yeah, because it's exaggerated. Exactly. It's exaggerated on purpose. And then it's not there in the end when, when we get to reveal that he's like somebody else or he's not somebody else. He is somebody else. And I have an issue with that. But um, it, his eye and his demeanor changes when he says, you know, I'm just the actor, blah, blah, blah. Like he yeah. speaks differently. I don't know, man. He's from the school of the streets, you know? Yeah, features the pointed no. barrel of a revolver. So maybe that's why his eyes kind of that's right. That's why the revolver around with his, eye, his one eye. Well, it's like and like he's kind of holding in that like 40s style, like at the hip and like, Dude, he's, like he holds his those... gun like a weirdo. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. He like grips it like he doesn't even have yeah. his hand on the trigger. He holds yeah. it to Benson Mum's face and it's almost like he's going to bludgeon him with it. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. <laughs> like he's got it up to his neck, but it's like, bro, you're not even. Your hands are nowhere near the trigger. You're just holding yeah, it, it as if it's like a rock. Because that, uh, like in uh, when you watch like those old like forty yeah. noir films, like they hold their guns so weird. Like, cause you can't shoot a gun and it's like a that. little gun too. It's a like yeah. a little snub nose. So like a yeah, snub nose like thirty eight or something like that. Yeah. Um. So it's it's pretty interesting though that this film predates Clue. I find it. They yeah. Have, there are similar themed films. Uh, Clue is obviously played up. A little bit hammier. Um, yeah. But also I do like the jokes in Clue land a lot more, but it's also like rah, rah, funny. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit. There's more. There's a higher energy to Clue than there is in this, uh, especially because of Tim Curry's character. But um, right. I think there's there's definitely similarities. Like there's no way you can't uh, not see them. You know what I mean? Because like we said, this is uh, it's a smaller sub subgenre, but this like murder mystery uh, kind of film, which tend to be somewhat comical but also played serious too um in a way so there's like this fine line yeah in a lot of these films and i think this film it definitely stands out as you know one of the one i had never seen it but i i think i had heard of it but i just found it interesting that it like predated clue and we don't talk about it as much you know we definitely talk about clue a lot more oh for sure because it's based off of uh, a game we've all played as youths, yeah. and also because it is like a little bit of a superior film as far as like the. I, I think I think that's what it is because a lot of these films, I think they took what like what worked and what uh, they figured out what worked and what didn't work, and yeah. when we got to Clue, that is like the, it's kind of like the 
the amalgamation of all that into that it movie. It's a similar thing like this film. It's a it's a bunch of stereotypes of like murder char- like murder mystery yeah. kind of characters, right? You got totally. the, yeah. You got yeah, the colonel, like, you got this guy like Professor Plum. Uh-huh. You got the rich lady, Peacock, and so colonel like mustard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like it makes sense that like that's why Clue was able to just kind of hit the ground running, like you said, because it's already used all these uh these types of films and stories or yeah. books and but, ran with uh, that right off. But after head. after Clue, we don't really get this genre anymore. They don't I probably well, we got I, knives out. Um oh, there, I guess some, that is kind there of like are a, some films, but I, I was even thinking about it myself. I was like, I don't think I'm well versed in this uh subgenre, and it's definitely not a crowded room either. There's like ten films, maybe. I, I would say there might be more, but I mean those are you're probably like you know reaching trying to find those films um they're not as you know i feel like this film clue something like knives out like those are i i the cheap detective i have heard of yeah i i found out about that film doing research and i may have even seen it i watched a lot of stuff when i was young growing up in the 80s that some of it i can't remember like someone else was watching like you said you watch this film because your granddad Right. Your um, granddad in law watched it and right. got you into it. So a lot of us watched things when we were younger that necessarily we wouldn't have watched given, you know, control of the remote. But because we were in proxy with somebody, we, we watched it. But yeah, this this film is a lot of fun. Like I, I ended up really enjoying it. I liked the uh, I think all the actors did a great job. And like it, the, the delivery, the writing and the delivery of those lines is just a master class in comedic acting. Uh, there, there is yeah especially when they're all together in one room when they're in the dining room and they're all talking and they're all and so like two or three of them are going to look after the gunshot that they heard and like mm-hmm. they start mixing it up uh, i think the way all their characters are distinct um but all very good at the same thing about figuring out you know the clues the hints the things that you know make up uh, a crime scene or whatever but they're also like giving each other shit a little bit and there's like a dry there's a dryness to the humor but also it's hammed up too at times like i like stuff i like stuff like as dumb as it is i like stuff like eyes watching through paintings yeah stuff like stuffed dead animal heads like fucking (laughs) with yeah with with eyes looking through them um the dog painting where the tongue is someone sticking their tongue out yeah. of it like a dog like it's dumb but it's fucking hilarious and, and then you, ha- you cute, have like right? lionel twain yelling at sydney wang's like use your pronouns yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah he just like keeps getting me- like really bothered by his grammar like he's just yeah. like, oh, my god like the broken english is killing me but yeah well and that could be another problematic issue too but i it, yeah. it does play it plays very fun like how He's like, because he's like, you're one of the smartest minds I know at Simon Crimes, but like, you can't remember. You don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Wang's like, whatever, man. But what I also like about this, too, is the uh, like Truman Capote. He he's uh, not really acted. He's a writer. I was going to say he hasn't really been anything. Right. No, he's he's he was a very enigmatic figure, but he was a very famous writer. Uh, Like Breakfast at Tiffany's is one of his famous works. His, book. Uh, his other, his other really the book that really made him famous was uh what was, what was it called in cold blood oh, in cold blood yeah and uh obviously there was a film that was done about his biopic of him that philip seymour hoffman did yeah it's War. really good by the way yeah he smoked that that. What, what is that it's, what, it's called capote right yeah, yeah it's, it's called capote um, um so uh, it was kind of uh but he'd never really acted before. And they, they were actually not, they were concerned that it wasn't going to work and, but they made it work. 
I thought he was um, good. He's very eccentric. Yeah. I personally got, and I, you can't tell me that he didn't use, he got, El, he used Elton John as a fucking, like, oh, fuck yeah. Well, his influence for this character had to be yeah. Elton John, right? Yeah. Yes. I got Elton John vibes all day as soon as he showed oh, up. Oh, for sure, story. for sure. I did. I, I feel like I, wasn't he, he was a really flamboyant guy like that as well. Yeah, you know, I don't even mean on that level, but yeah, just sort of like his, um, his look. Right, his glasses. Like, the yeah, with the, gla- the glasses are what did it for me, really. For yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then Al Guinness, he's not a comedic actor of any sort. He's a very, he does a lot of serious acting, does a lot of Shakespeare, obviously. Uh, but right, no, right. He, did, he, he just fit right in. He was, he was great. Yeah, he was great because a lot of his stuff was played straight. And then like, there was like a gag to it. So it wasn't, right. like a, uh, he didn't deliver necessarily like, a punchline on every joke. It was more about his, you know, his delivery on like yeah, his delivery, like, him being blind, uh, physical comedy with the uh, other and, actors. And David Niven had only, I think it only recently gotten into comedy. Cause you know, he's been famous. He's famous from like the pink Panther. That's probably like where most of you guys. Oh, know. okay. Now I know. Yeah. So yeah, uh, all the, he, it was like six or seven of them. Right. He's very yeah. debonair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, when you go back to his earlier work, th- that was all serious movies that he was yeah. doing. He's so, yeah. Uh, and Peter Sellers, he's he's a comic genius. Like he's in uh, like uh, um, Doctor Strangelove. Doctor Strangelove. Thank you. I couldn't think yeah. of it for a second. He plays like five characters in that movie. Yeah, he so. does. Which is crazy to me. Why this movie isn't more like this is a this this cast is not for play play. This is a fucking no. It's not. It's actually you know, Neil Simon was so like ecstatic. Like he pretty much had like carte blanche. Like if he wanted an actor. It's like he had a castlet. He had a list of actors that he could choose from. He's like, we can get these people. Absolutely, I, I like the cast, man. I, I like yeah. the I like the main characters and I like the sidekicks too. The side characters are great. Uh, and I don't know side- if it was just like the right time, like right people come under because I don't know how big Maggie Smith or James Cromwell were at the time. It, well, right? like it was their debuts. I, I yeah. well, I'm not sure about Maggie Smith, but I know it was James Cromwell's debut. I and think so it might have been Richard. Just Narita's got lucky debut. with that, right? But. Yeah. And Richard Narita, I think it's also his debut as well. Um, okay, and he yeah. did mostly TV stuff after this. I don't think yeah. he did it. Another... I don't know Maggie Smith from anything besides the Harry Potter films. Like, and that's the only thing. I and I think she's more of like a theater actress mostly. Yeah, that's too. what I always. That's what I always thought about her. That's why I yeah. wasn't aware of her. Plus, you know, like a lot yeah, of the English happen. actors tend to be like theater. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was great in this. And yeah. like she already said it, but very attractive. Very attractive. Yeah, she was smoking. Yeah, I was like, "Go, girl, you slay!" As the as the kid yeah. nowadays, or, like, or as or as, we say, like, or as what we call what Andy and I say on our show, she's a tasty slice. Yeah, she was. <laughs> I was like, I liked her character. I liked the end where she got stung by the scorpion. The, the scorpion. <laughs> you don't know that, so like, and then they're like, like fully dressed at that end scene. Yeah, and, like they're ready to leave. I'm like, what? When do they have the time to get fully dressed? Like, yeah. like, <laughs> like, can we get going? And I'm like. Why is she in such a rush? And then he says, like, oh, she was bit by the scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes yeah, ago. He's like, how'd you get around the scorpion? We didn't. We didn't. She was stung by it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did like that. Um, the little old lady, too. Like, just little things. Like, if you watch her throughout this film, like, when she's, she's in a scene, focus on her. This little thing she does. And also things that just come into, like, like when she tickles uh, Sam's hand. Yeah, I said knock it off. I just thought that <laughs> was not, fucking funny. This crazy old lady, she not should bad. be in bed. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for the reveal to say that like she was the, the detective the whole time. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? She was just watching everybody. That would have been the, playing, that would have been the funny one. Yeah, playing on the whole like, oh, you just think I'm an old lady who doesn't have her whereabouts or her like, you know. And I'm just ignore. I'm like listening to all you suckers like, kinda, yeah, kind of doing all, all the information to me. Kind of maybe doing it the Columbo way. It's like, hey, one, one more thing. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one more thing. Um, yeah. So you're telling me that when wind hits the sail, it's gonna move the boat. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. I don't know. Um, my Milo, um, when he goes out of the dining room, when we start seeing it, like, and I don't, still don't understand how this, how these replicas of these rooms were created. Like, oh yeah, that shit is so. <laughs> they never really explain it. Was it mirrors? No, not at all. No. Yeah, they don't actually explain it. I thought they were gonna show like a moment where the rooms were spinning. Yeah, circles, so the doors were changing, and you. Were that would make sense. Door, right? That's what I assumed is what's happening. Yeah, it's very very intricate though i mean having the ceiling come down in that one room also yeah. was interesting but so milo goes out the frenchman he goes out of the dining room to test the theory of the rooms changing right mm-hmm. once everybody yeah. seems to come to the same idea that that's what's happening and he comes back with the butler's clothes on <laughs> i'm like what because <laughs> we didn't talk I about it but the butler, dies. the butler dies at one point and they think it's through poison he's yep. slumped over they check his body he seems dead then they leave they come back into the room now it's just this frenchman comes back in the room it's just his clothes by itself yeah it's gone then then sam and and charleston come back in the room later and now the, the clothes are gone one. and now it's just naked fucking bensimum uh, <laughs> leaned over and like it's just really funny i don't know i was just like trying to figure out like what the fuck is happening the other thing that i i found really funny too is like when they're like when that was all happening you have uh, uh, Dick and Dora. Uh, they're like, "Well, what would somebody do with a dead body?" And he whispers over to her, like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Like it's like, like, like it's so, she says it's tacky, but she's obviously like kind of turned on from it too. Like, yeah, because uh, she's sort of like, "Ooh, that's something new I wasn't aware of." Like, even though I'm not into that, and I think it's disgusting, I'm sort of like, "I don't know." It sounds interesting too. Yeah, like there's just like you're not number, or and then there was another line too. It's like we're. Yeah. Yeah, so you're not number one you're number two you know, number it's like two. you look like number two and then like <laughs> yeah. like what do you mean by that it's like and she i'll tell you later it's disgusting disgusting yeah oh my god <laughs> but yeah so like that and then there's a moment where um what's her name milo goes out of the dining room he tests the theory comes back he's got the butler's clothes on then they say the cook's gone she was sitting on the chair yeah that's right and someone says like oh my god look the cook's gone and they say she must have left but when and someone says she never said a word, which she's a mute. So yeah, right, I just right. thought it was funny that like I got a chuckle out of it. It's a dumb joke, but I got it right. When they said it, I was like, she's a mute, you fucking imbecile. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then there's a moment where she's like, oh, she didn't call out. She didn't say anything. And he's like, hon, she's stone deaf. Charleston says <laughs> yeah, yeah, to his yeah. wife, she is stone deaf. Yeah, like, yeah. and like she that? shouts louder at her. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. And then she goes, or oh, even yeah, when, she, right. when she, she bursts into the louder. room and does the scream. Like, I don't know why that just shit is that's, that's so yeah, funny. Yeah. Silent scream. Yeah, it's like, it's like she, she's symbolizing death. She's like, Bye. You know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Someone's dead. <laughs> and then she's like going to wipe her face because she's crying, but she's not really crying. Like, it's a, right, yeah. right, right. It's a silent cry. And she goes to wipe her face on um, Dora's um, fucking dress. And yeah. then she like, and then Dora out, like rips her. it out of her and uses her dress. Yeah. Gives her, her fucking like, gives her apron now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! There's like it, a lot of little nuances in this film that I do think are um, it's worth a watch just for that. I think the performances and 
just everybody's hitting their marks. You know what I mean? There's all these people in the one room. They're doing different things. Different things are happening, just like Clue or any other type of murder mystery. Like once the the ball gets rolling, it's like interesting to see all these actors in the same room play off of one another. Yeah. They're they're different, like zany characters. I I dig it. Uh, And especially as you watch, because I've now I've watched this, uh, you know, doing the review. I I watched it a few times. 80 times. No, not that many But you start to catch like, like, because I I enjoyed it the first time. And I was like, well, I kind of want to go back through it again, just see if I missed anything. And you start to catch like a little bit more. Like I feel like I I was getting more of the jokes and I was like, oh, I see what they're doing there. I like I now I see the wordplay that they're going for. And it it actually becomes funnier the more you watch it, especially if you know what to look for. I agree. It's so it's really a lot of fun. So, like this movie doesn't lay the joke in your lap. You know what I mean? Like no. it, it, it it sets up the joke and it tells the joke and then it moves on. It pauses for a moment and sort of lets it play out. And then because it's all these performances being done and they're kind of like hitting their mark, laying down the joke and then trying not to laugh. You could tell. Yeah. Oh, for moment, sure. Right? And then they're going on. And, and that's like an audience. We're just. It's like a smarter comedy. It's like a dry comedy, though. Yeah. And that's what I like about it, too, because I, I really don't watch too many comedies. Because yeah. like a lot of times it's like, did you get it? Isn't it funny? You know, it's kind of like more of like it's kind of like it's too in your face. And like, look mm-hmm. how ridiculous it is. See how funny it is. We said ass five times. We said the word. Yeah. Ass. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like I like I like stuff like this. It's more subtle. You have to be paying attention to understand the comedy. Yeah, and it's. I think this delivers on on all fronts. It's really. I do too. I do have some. I do have some nitpicks. Or oh, for sure. Yeah. Bigger than nitpicks, honestly. But um, there are some things that take me out of the film a little bit. Mm-hmm. One of them is when they all start trading motives. Yeah, I sort of lost interest. I'll be honest. It felt a little too like there were too many twists and turns at that point. The way it was delivered. <laughs> Info it was all... Exactly. Perfect. Info that exactly. Like, and I just felt I... like it didn't. It didn't all like all their connections to Twain as interesting as some of them could have been like the initial build up to that scene was more entertaining than the actual scene when it plays out. And we get like, well, you're so-and-so's daughter and blah, blah. And you're really, yeah, like, yeah, they're yeah. all related somehow or like, I don't know. It just, I lost interest a little bit. And during sure. that. Oh, here's why I think this is, that's a brilliant scene actually is because the whole point was, uh, sharing, uh, well, it's also through Lionel Twain's character, but like it's through the writer Neil Simon's issues with murder mystery novels, where it's kind of like you all come up with this like shit at like the very end of the book that like all these yeah. characters and all these connections that were never shown, never right. like there's no point, and they all come in like the last five minutes of the movie, or like it's uh, or they come in like the last chapter of the book all of a sudden, like, and so right. it's kind of like. I think this is a an homage to like the frustration for murder mystery fans. That's why that scene to me is a, a, it's brilliantly done because. All right, so I now that you say that, like that, that definitely brings like so. But I don't read a lot of these these kind of novels, so totally. And I wasn't familiar with that, and I wasn't even born in 1976. So <laughs> I don't know when I watch it now, it doesn't play as well to Absolutely. me. It what that what that scene is doing is the same exact thing that it's making fun of. Is yeah, yeah. it's losing me. Because yeah. it's making things up as it goes in the very end, and I'm just sort of like, what? What's going on right now? But I get, I can, I, yeah, I can totally understand now that it's an homage. That that definitely. But I I understand that because this that the, the the knock I have on this movie now is I don't think this is super accessible to somebody 
you know, like I, I'm thinking about my wife. My wife would not. Uh, she'd be like, "What the hell is this?" She yeah, doesn't know yeah. these characters. She doesn't know like what they're what it's playing off of. Yeah, my wife not, walked out halfway through it. She was like, "Yeah, I'm good." I was like, yeah, yeah, it, and I think a, a lot more like modern audiences. This is not a movie that they're gonna go and like check out. It's it, it's not gonna make. This is not gonna go. Not to, a, like, well, they're not gonna, movie either. I feel. Yeah, they're not gonna plumb the depths like I did to understand like what was going on in the film. And for me, like I know all those characters. I've read those books. I've watched those movies. Yeah. And so for me, it's funny because it's like they're. This right, is, you get it. Yeah, I get it. But that's not like someone today, like coming to this for the very first time, who is you know much younger than myself. Uh, they're it's not as successful to them. I, and and I, it's I, tough I, because I, I get it. It's an homage to something. It's 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 in reference to something. But also, it's like th- those are some of the negatives of filmmaking, right? Like yeah. writing. It's dated. Uh, it, it is, it is like a dated of, film. Of this nature, yeah. It's I don't know. They just started. Like I'll be honest. Like when, when all these things came to light, I was just like, oh, like I don't really care. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like it's yep. not. This is not what I'm looking for right now in this moment. Like I want to see more investigation. I want to see more of the zany. Like find a stairwell, like a hidden passageway or something like that. Yeah, was the stuff that I was really interested in with this film. So um, I actually I, I do have a question for you guys. Kind of before we kind of wrap everything up. Um. Like, are you guys fan of like murder mystery movies? Do you like absolutely. stuff like that's a little bit more comedic, kind of like in the the, the clue genre? Or I like a little like bit of both. Intrigued? Yeah, you like a little bit of both. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting. There is a, I mean, you can you can um, these like a comedy and a and a murder mystery they bleed in together well. Um, yeah, and you can get films like this or Clue. You can go straight up serious um, mystery, and those are cool too. But you see a lot more like this, where there's a little bit of a satire or a comedy nature, uh, this comedic nature to a film like this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Like even Knives Out, right? There's some zaniness to that. And the character. Well, what Out. you what you tend to get with these films, at least, is that the ca- the characters are all very diverse and different. Right. Mm. And, and they're, they're big personalities, you know, and even the ones that aren't as big on screen, they still have like their moments or like there's a lot of um, background to these characters. Well, I think it's critical for those kind of stories because that's exactly what you want, right? And in a murder mystery where I for me, well, first let me say this. I fucking love murder mysteries. Love that shit. True detective, all three yes. seasons of true detective are just like fucking that shit makes me hard. season one and two are some of the best. I mean, one and three are Dude. some of the best television. So I know people don't like two. I, I, I gotta rewatch two. two. I like two. I think two is good. fun, man. Yeah, I, I like to for the for, for the for, I didn't watch I didn't watch season two live for me. I, did. I, I didn't get on until it was already done. And I make this challenge to everybody who says they do not like season two of True Detective. Sit down and watch it in two four hour blocks. Sit down, watch the first four episodes and then watch the second four episodes. Right. I swear to I, God, I do need to give it a rewatch because I've rewatched it, both. It's better you than you will think. walk away mm-hmm. understanding a lot more. Because I I, I watched season three live week to week and I could get it. If I had to watch season two week to week, there's no way you're following all those fucking storylines. It's just it's it's way too complicated. The thing about his writing, the creator, um, Nick, that is Nick, Nicola or Pazolato or something. Yeah. Um, fellow Paisan. Anyway, <laughs> um, work here anymore. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the second season was very rushed. It felt like compared to mm-hmm. the. The first and third, totally. Uh, third season might 
might be a hot take, but I almost like it better than the first season sometimes. Dude, it's so good. It I'm is not so mad at that. Marshall Ali, this is a side beating. tangent, but he, he fucking kills it, bro. Dude. Mahershala? Oh, yeah. Mahershala, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm Mahershala. I say his name's different every time I say it. I think I do, too, yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, but yeah, he fucking smoked that. That shit was so it. Good. His marriage, uh, like, just felt super realistic, dude. Yep. His relationship with his wife and his dude kid. when he goes up there and beats that thing down after they have that huge fucking argument, and yeah. she's like, "What are you gonna do about it?" She starts to take her dress off, and he's like, "You got serious distance cognitive issues," and just starts fucking beating that yeah, thing I, down, I, dude. I did. I did love. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but you should watch True Detective. It's and so good. And the new one that's coming out looks fucking fantastic. It looks cool, but it's not the creator's gone. So that's yeah. why yeah, I'm I'm kind of like, well, Jody right. Foster is going to be it's going to be I don't know. Yeah, the uh, uh for me, uh, you know, I grew up with like a lot of these uh characters that we were talking the that are being parodied. Um, you know, I mm-hmm. love The Maltese Falcon. Actually, The Maltese Falcon was the very first film I ever reviewed ever. Um oh, you know, I like stuff like uh, uh, Double Indemnity, uh, Seven. You know, so, you know, shit like that. I I like Seven's great. Yeah, yeah, I like those type of. I do like murder mysteries, and uh, you know what? I, like I said, I'm not really a, a a big comedy guy. Like I like movies that have comedic elements to them, but I don't necessarily go out of my way to watch comedies. There are uh, like this one. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I loved the way that the the dialogue, how these characters worked off each other. The, the dialogue is fantastic and it's funny because it it's not, it's not, they're not leaving your hand. Like, you know, like, Hey, it's time to laugh now. No, no, no. It's not. You have to catch it's this witty banter. Yeah. That's going back. And I forth. love the scene when they're all in bed. Yes. Yeah. They're all in bed after. Right. And like, there's moment, there's these little moments with each detective and his side, there's their sidekick, his or her sidekick. Yeah. And there's like these moments where like, oh, should I turn the steam off with uh, yeah. the adopted Japanese son? And then like, yeah, he's like, no, that's a adopted son, Willie. That's a <laughs> that's a, mo- a poisonous snake that someone just let through in the room. In yeah. the room, let me know when it gets closer to the bed. Wake me when it gets closer. Yeah, to the- <laughs> <laughs> dude. And then the payoff for that later is awesome. Yeah, he's got the it wrapped in his falling up like, the sheets. Pop. I really wish you weren't such a heavy sleeper. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he literally let it get it wrapped around his yeah, neck. Yeah, yeah, got it. yeah. And I just like all those little moments of like the the ceiling coming down. Right. The scorpion. We get all like there's like basically a the bomb. Or, bomb you know, like, in every room, the snake scorpion, we get the gas. And then the old lady's like, I'm just old. I can't. Help yeah. And she's like, She's like, well, mine can be sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love a good fart joke. So yeah, I have especially when it comes from an old lady. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I did like those moments where they're sort of just like retired for the night, and they have that moment of like they're all being attacked by somebody, right? So it really we we think in our minds like, well, it can't be each person we're seeing because they're in bed, right? So right. unless if they all don't trust each other and they're unleashing these things on each other, so we. And that's what I'm thinking in the, at that moment. I'm like, well, yep. who's doing all this? And I'm, I, I'll be honest, like I thought, I thought it was Capote the whole time. Uh, yeah, same. Like I'm like, this guy obviously set up the whole night. Obviously, he's in on it. So right, he's not gonna kill himself. Exactly. Yeah. But um, and there's like these weird reveals too. Like when they show the the cook was a plastic woman the whole time. Then how did she walk in the room? And yeah, yeah, I know. There's yeah. definitely a lot of, and I think that's kind of like the. 
the comical aspect to a lot of the parts of it, right? Because it's just so egregious and just yeah. Well, it plays on his character too, because he's an eccentric, um, and he likes a millionaire, billionaire, whatever. Yeah. But he's also so into theater and like effects and stuff like that. So like he's found a way to fake all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really like said, the fog is fake. Yeah, the, all the the like the ceiling coming down, the bomb, all that shit was, yeah, fake. It was all fake. Force perspective, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what I just don't know that I don't know that I liked the reveal all that much at the very end, though. Like I was sort of okay with it, to be honest. And maybe maybe this is another trope of some of these novels. It was just very convoluted. That's yeah. like, exactly. That's I know that's the. That's the I don't know. Just like and I, but I do think it was a great piece of acting by um al guinness Guinness, yes yeah because he every crazy reveal every uh accusation and his His demeanor is changing and i thought that was very interesting the first time it was like subtle and i was like his voice a little bit like yeah yeah tone's the same but his cadence is different and then next thing you know he's doing like a feminine persona and like i was just like okay I just it was entertaining, but I did find it a little like, all right, that's my big knock for the movie, too. The ending. I don't like the ending. And it is definitely too. So it's like that. And the motive, the motives when they're all exchanging motives. Those are the two scenes that really I don't like as much. And I get like, which are the, the big movie. ending pieces. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I do love the setup of everything. I like when everybody's matching, you know, together and like meeting for the first not meeting, but they know of each other. But. Right. You know what I mean? They're all in the same room. I like that. Connecting, yeah. And I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see them walking around the mansion more, like trying to figure out the crime. Yep. Yeah. I would. What I would have preferred is to have like maybe take out one of those convoluted scenes, make it just one of them to kind of prove, kind of to do the point of like what Neil Simon was sharing. Yeah, his give me some more about. like investigation during that moment. Yeah. But like, and maybe at, instead of doing two of those scenes, you add another scene of investigation of them interacting with each other. And um, you can drop some of those breadcrumbs of those reveals at the, during those moments. You know what I mean? It's like someone could drop yeah. a piece of paper and Alec Guinness, uh, you know I mean? Um, Peter Falk picks it up and realizes something and then right. puts it away. Maybe us as the audience don't realize what he looked at, but you know, whatever. Like I just thought some of those moments could have, because the motive, the motives exchange and then the, the the reveal at the end, they're sort of like the same scene. There are all these like twisty, turny moments where like, yep, oh, right. this person's doing this. And no, wait, wait, what you just thought wasn't true. It's yep. this. And I was just like, all right, well, at the end of the day, it's some part of me just felt like, well, does that even matter anymore? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Who got the money? Nobody. Yeah. Guess Nobody. Won? Yeah. But then yeah. Turn, so then it turns out at the end. Um, so who was Twain all along? It was the cook. I, I think so. Is that the daughter? Yeah. I, is that the daughter who be. doesn't look that good? I yeah. Don't know. Is that who, that who is it? Yeah. Yeah. Was there ever a Twain? Was there ever a Benson mom? Was there, ever, you know, it's like, was it all done by Yetta? It's funny too, because when I think Yetta? about this, like this film for me, I, thinking back on it, I, I remember the first half of this movie so well. And like, I, you know, it, and it's funny going back and watching it now again for the podcast. And it's like the the whole second half of the film, every time I watch it is always like, kind of like a re-remembering of like, oh yeah, this, this fucking ending sucks. Like, oh yeah, this part, I forgot. This is where it kind of comes to a halt. Like, and so it's funny to me. It's almost like I've like blocked that part of the film out. From fucking, <laughs> yeah, I, I can younger, see that. You know? I mean, look, it, it's not like the worst ending or anything. No, no. It's you just, said, it's perfect losing. word. You said it comes to a halt. That's what yeah. it does for me. My, yeah. the, the, like, 
the momentum that I had with this film as I'm watching and getting involved and wrapped up in these characters sort of comes to a screeching halt in two of these scenes where I'm just sort yeah. of like, these scenes are scenes, key scenes when they're all in the same room. And it should have been more like I like the dinner table scene better than anything. Totally. And I just felt like that that there were moments of that, like they introduced that part of the film where everybody's mashing it up and trying to solve the crime. And then we kind of like fast forward too quickly, I think, in the film. Totally um, agree. Yeah. And I think maybe these two scenes could have been trimmed down or like you could have just had the one have the reveal at the end of Capote uh, Capote being, you know, all these different people, Benson mom not being real, whatever. And then you could have also maybe interjected um, some of these moments of like, well, so-and-so has a backup plan or like, uh, you know, a background in this or whatever. And he's related to so-and-so. And, -so. and yeah. you could have had that reveal. They could have been one in the same scene, basically. Yeah, right, and then you could have right. saved that 20 minute, 15 minute scene earlier of the motives, you know, exchange be more investigation. Cause I really wanted to see them look around this castle more and like, totally start to maybe reveal some of the tricks of like, oh, this is how he's doing this or whatever. Like, I just some kind of explanation. Yeah, I feel like there could have been a little bit more of like the Scooby-Doo-ness of that. Like, exactly. Like, That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. I really, honestly, I, I dug that about this film. Like, that aesthetic was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just at the end, I'm just sort of like, well, who the fuck is Yetta? Yeah, you're just left with... I'm like, think, uh, to I'm, me, I'm thinking they're, they're, like it was a mix of all those things. Yes. Stories and like she is Mark's uh, she's Twain's daughter, possibly. Right. The daughter character. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, Dude, like, that's oh, awesome. Oh. I've never thought that I've seen this movie. I've known it forever. And it's like it's wild to just hear you guys like like ho like holy shit. Yeah, that's a real actual. I mean, she's a woman who has logical fucking she's not, answer. <laughs> like, that's yeah, she's not she's she is the description of what what's his name said. It's like, oh, well, you you know. You're, you you have all these qualities, but you've never been a looker. You know what I mean? Like you're not right. the feminine. Yeah. Uh, was it the um, I kept thinking like when with that reveal at the end of like her, you know, the being yet kind of like behind everything. I don't know if you uh, saw that one bit in Family Guy, like where they're uh, at the talk show. It's like, I'm actually not a man. I'm a woman. It's like, yeah. actually, Diane, I'm not a woman. I'm a horse. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, actually, I'm not a horse. <laughs> I'm a broom. <laughs> yeah, I'm a broom. So, like, yeah, because I, I even noticed, like, um, when Twain is acting in the end, I noticed his pinkies look weird. And then yeah. when they transfer over to her, no pinkies. <laughs> so he has no pinkies. No, so is that that was one of the jokes? Did he had like, really long pinkies. Like, why did she? Yes, no, like, they were just in more fingers. There's like another. He only, has eight, he only has eight fingers. Like, no, he has ten fingers. It just doesn't have any pinkies. Yeah. Because when uh, when Tess was uh, running it down with Sam Diamond about about uh, Lionel Twain, yeah, that was oh, well, I must have missed that. that. I must have missed yeah. that detail. That was in the car ride to. Uh, yeah, to that's the, the car oh, ride. So he to has the no. Castle. He has no pinkies. Yeah, yeah no pinkies. <laughs> so it's just another finger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's why it was longer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's why it looks so it. No, I get it. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, they she throw it on him. That's the first time I noticed it. I didn't notice it any of the time. Because yeah, he has it at the dinner table too. He does. OK, yeah. so I noticed it when he puts his hands behind him on the on the desk and he's like, yeah, and everybody when he comes around the desk and like goes in front. And then later we see her taking them off as she's yeah. smoking her cigarette. And I did yeah. kind of like like the ending of like her like laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, like we don't really know what's going on, I guess. So like maybe that's the hook is like, well, we we're not meant to know, like, sure. It's a mystery. And we didn't solve it. Like it's sort of. There's so many different threads to pull on in this film. So it's sort of like, well, you you figure it out on your own. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I can't be, I can't be necessarily mad at that uh, either. I mean, for me, sometimes I like, I don't want something necessarily explained, like overly explained. But right, there's times where things are vague in certain films. Where I'm just sort of like, well, you could have like given me a little bit more to figure it out. Like that's my thing. Just I don't need you to hold my goddamn hand, but yeah. I, I do need something. Yeah, and. Because that that's actually like one of the things that I, I do like about this film. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hold your hand. And there's enough there that it, there's enough nuggets there that actually make me do want to maybe go back and watch this movie again. It's like I said, it's it's not the greatest movie of all time, but there's enough there. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I want to I want to go back and like maybe see maybe I missed something. And that's that's kind of the um, when it comes to these murder mystery movies kind of like this, it's like. Maybe I missed something. Maybe I'm not definitely. And so it draws. Yeah. And I think that's also the frustration as a fan of those things uh, that Neil Simon's trying to portray. It's like there's just enough there where you're going to come. Oh, I I missed something. They can't be that crazy. Right. And but it is that crazy. That's the thing. And the way he the way the way Twain complains in the end about all their characters. uh, Yeah. Basically, you know, the grievance that uh, um, Simon has with, you know, these these uh, novels basically is like well you you introduce a character like the last 15 pages that never took place in the entire fucking book and now all of a sudden this one character is like a ex machina sort of deal like the the character just shows up and has all the answers and exactly yeah Yeah, and and then like you do this and you hide all these little clues like enough so that nobody could ever figure it out right and you you try to make it seem like we could but we never could yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I do kind of like that. And that is sort of what this film does, too. So um, I can't begrudge. I can't begrudge too much about that. But as a, as a movie goer, like a, a, a film watcher, there's just moments in this film as a film. It frustrated. could have been done a little bit better, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's what I'm, I'm I don't read these novels, so I don't have that background for people that do. I'm sure that you can get more out of this film. Definitely. Uh, but I do think it's um, I think it's a fun watch. Uh, I would recommend it just because of the, all these characters, like and right. doing their thing. Like that's just uh, it's a moment in history. I think you should check out. Absolutely. Um, well, before we get into uh, rating this bad boy and going yeah. through all that, I just wanted to read a couple of these. Sam Diamond is by far my favorite part of the movie. Oh, yeah, his yeah, character is just fucking hilarious. Some quotes from Sam. And some of these quotes are just fucking outrageous. <laughs> like it's like. Uh, Dora Charleston. Is that the cook's arm? It ain't the pussy cat's tail, lady. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, ooh. <laughs> and then, She's not. Uh, I care about when, when they're breaking. I think it's when they first walk in and he goes, you're one smart Chinaman, Mr. Wang. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous character, dude. Um, it's funny because what I'm about to say, we probably should have said during the spoiler warning, but you... Um, this movie has some fucking some some racial fucking jokes in it, and it might yeah. it might offend you, it might not. I don't know. That's oh, up trigger to warning. Fucking, yeah. Whoever watches it, but uh, it's fucking just a product of the time, man. It is. Um, so our our rating system. Remember, uh, we we do it a little different around here. Uh, from a from a best to worst uh, setting, we got uh, instant classic. Buy it, rent it, watch the trailer. And don't ever, ever watch this. Uh, Never. We have, 
we have it set up where we we can float in between things. There's been a couple of times where we floated in between yeah. a, a buy it and a rent it, right? Or you know, an instant classic or a or a buy it. Like so, so we our our grid will allow us to 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 make point fives, if you will. Um, it's which a five I think point it, system basically. We just yeah, and and it's very cool because it's it's something that you don't you don't see that a lot, but also just that like. To me, that's a real life representation of shit. Like if you're going to talk to something like just exactly what we're doing here, like that's exactly the type of shit that you would say to somebody. Like if me and you were to sit down and we start talking about a movie and it's like I would tell you, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah don't you don't need to watch that shit. That is trash. Right. Or you yeah, or I'd be like, John, like, oh. you might like it. Check out the trailer first. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then and maybe so it, then watch it. It feels real life applicable. And I think that's kind of the, the the cool part about what we're trying to do here. You know, you're, you're taking those workplace or fucking, you know, where you do your hobby. We're, we're kind of taking that conversation and just centralizing it. So like I, a water cooler moment. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Type of, you know, discussion. Uh, so with all that said. Yeah. What do you rate this thing? This was my pick. So I will go first. I will tell you guys for me, this is a buy it. It is a buy it because okay. I bought it. Uh, I bought this. This film is uh, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I also have it's a little bit different for me because I, I have emotional attachment to it. Right. From memories and, and other things like that. So it it sticks a little bit harder to to me. Uh, love the actors, love the jokes and just just some of the like like some of those just outrageous jokes and like being able to to hear my grandpa's laughter behind that too you know like that's what i think that's what makes me so much more attached to this film uh if i was going to try and put that aside i could understand people saying it's a rent it uh but i yeah i love the actors love the jokes um the criticism we've kind of we kind of talked about it like it's the ending is pretty pretty hard to accept uh, it's pretty convoluted definitely bounces around a lot and you just get that uh well, if, if anybody out there plays Resident Evils, then you know exactly what I'm talking about, where you just the fucking the, the last three rooms of the game. Here's 26 files that just tell you everything that you just spent fucking four hours doing. Yeah, so that's, that's basically what you get with this film. There are moments in this film where literally an actor says exactly what just happened in the last scene. Yeah, right. Right. They're like because they're telling the other actors and right. the other characters what they just saw in the next room. And so us as an audience is just repeating it again. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, I can get behind that. That rating. That's that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right, man. So you're by it. Uh, Heidelberg. Oh, it's my turn. I got yeah, to slow down, buddy. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so it was a it was a funny tongue in cheek humor movie. Interesting characters. I thoroughly enjoyed the way Peter Falk's character, Sam Diamond, monologued all the time. I thought it was a stellar cast. I hadn't seen a cast like this in a long time. Not since a, a cast like this walked into my life many years ago. Uh, I really, I really liked the way it was shot. I enjoyed its aesthetic and the creepy mansion was a great setting. I really enjoyed that. Not since other creepy mansions that I've watched. Have I enjoyed a creepy mansion like this? <laughs> I can't, I got to break character. I can't do this. <laughs> I, I enjoyed these. so <laughs> I, fucking good. I know. All right. I can go back. I enjoy these murder mystery type films. It's not a crowded genre, I'm, I'm sure, but there are some cool films that share the same tropes. And I think that this is one of the cool ones. Uh, 
I do have some negatives, though. It drags a little. Some of the humor just doesn't land. Also, some of the film is definitely problematic. There are some overly offensive slanders towards Asian people. Sam says at one point, we would have been able to sniff out the Chinaman, a term itself that is problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Just the term Chinaman is not something we say anymore. Sorry. (laughs) 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 Even though Wang is an homage to Charlie Chan, who is played by males not of Asian descent. I can't. I can't. I still (laughs) felt a little guilty when laughing at his jokes, I'll be honest. But like I said earlier, I really do like the character Wang. I really thought he's He's played really well by Peter Peter Wellers. And um, yeah, I just thought there's some conflicting feelings there when I'm watching his performance, because I I do laugh at the jokes. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not easily offended, but I can understand why somebody would be offended by this. Yeah, not okay. You know what I mean? Like, we can't make a movie like this nowadays, but this movie was made. It's a thing. I'm not going to pretend it's not. Yeah, I I could still take enjoyment out of it, but I can understand why somebody could say, like, yo, this is one of those films that, like, is bothersome in Hollywood. And I can get behind that, too. Right? Um, I don't think we should burn it either, though. I think it's a fun film. Yeah. Um, And I think the mystery just, uh, like, one of my main negatives is just the mystery just doesn't remain that interesting after a while. Yeah, I lost interest towards the end, and that's sort of, like, kind of bad you know what i mean like i do think this film it kept me on it, it there was a ride from the beginning yeah um you know there's this tongue-in-cheek comedy there the all these characters and it, it was it was a joy to see all these different actors and uh, actresses at younger ages that i didn't wasn't familiar with i've seen them in in films more recent in the past like 10 to 15 years and i just i kind of loved seeing them in this um you know overall i do think it's it's the performances are really good, though. Like, there's yeah. some great acting in this. Um, it's tongue in cheek. It's campy a little bit. It's hammed up. But I, I love it. Um, and so with that said, uh, I will be giving Murder by Death. I'm going to give it a rent it. I think it's a rent it. And then go from there. Yep. I, I definitely recommend you, you give it a rent and check it out. Give it a watch at least once. And if you like it more, like you said, Rob, you can you can look into it some more. There's more nuance there. There's more things to pull from it. And um, I'm sure there's probably even like you said, you have a DVD, uh, John. I'm yep. sure there's probably like a Blu-ray or some kind of limited edition. Yeah, I think there's well, who knows the way things work out now is like we'll talk about it. And then like in three weeks from now, it'll come out on like Arrow yeah. video or something like that. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad that we watched it. This is a solid pick, uh, John. And I, I enjoyed it a good bit. John, what about you? I mean, uh, Rob, what about you? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I um, I really like this film. I I had a good time. This is I I had never even heard of this film. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I know of all these actors, obviously, but I, I had never heard of this film. So uh, kind of the idea of the, the, the cinematic horizons expanding. Well, it did. Um, I I the, the big knock I have on it is the accessibility to someone uh, today. You know, the, uh, if you're not aware of some of the uh the characters that they're uh portraying or like they're you know, they're making fun of uh if you're not really familiar with uh some of the frustrations of the murder mystery fan like the books that we read the films that we watch and some of the more like convoluted stuff that is going on and i think that you know with heidelberg was talking about like why he was so kind of frustrated with the ending it's like well that's kind of the point that they're going for but that's not but 
like you said, if you're you're kind of going into it with something a little uh, with different eyes that you you're not really familiar with the the background, it's uh, it's a tough. It could be tough for someone to watch nowadays. Yeah, uh, for someone like who me, I grew up uh, wa- watching this stuff, reading those books. Um, so for me, it's like, oh man, this is perfect. This is great. This is making it. It, it felt uh, satisfactory. Uh, it was a satisfying feeling as a as a fan of that stuff. You know, it's like, or and it 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 dealt with my frustrations, and it like also, you know, kind of highlighted some of the great points of of these things. And mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not really accessible to someone like coming into it like for, with with no awareness of that stuff. Uh, like my wife would never watch this. Like it's just nope, I'm out, I'm done. Yep. Um, and uh, so yeah, for it for that reason, I also am going to give it a rent it. Yep, uh, just because. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Uh, it's a great film. I enjoyed I mean, it. Rent it's good, man. That's like a three. Yeah, three point yeah. five. Yeah. Right. I, I was entertained uh, greatly, and I, and I love and I love everything about it. I feel like it it uh, they accomplished what they were trying to accomplish. Uh, but it's like I said, it's not accessible to someone today. It's just it's it's a little dated. That's um, a good point, actually. The accessibility is definitely something I didn't think to bring up, but that's you're you're correct with that. If you would so. Like John, the the way this film was brought up to you, it, it's a perfect example of this kind of like the way this film is sort of a film like this would be passed down a little bit. It's like someone older was into it and they got you into it, right? And then yeah. like, so our job here at Cinemigos might be to maybe pass the torch, you know, and then like introduce these films to each other as well as our audience, right? Yeah. Maybe someone who's younger might look into this film, but. The average twenty-something right nowadays is not going to be familiar with these kind of characters or these tropes, maybe unless they're you know they read a lot or they're into crime novels and stuff like that or film. Yeah, there's a good possibility that the, these sort of archetypes have um, they've moved on. Like stories have moved on that we don't use these set of archetypes as much mm-hmm. in films. But you know we have we have modern films like Knives Out, which do have eccentric characters in yeah, them. Yeah, that was a god. That was a- yeah, and they do have these moments where like these this grandiose um, ending sums everything up. You know, oh, this is what happened, and this is what happened here, and this is what's going on. So it's there is an info dump with these these films too. Like the nature of it is sort of like the end's always going to be sort of this twist ending that's info dumped on you. Sure. Yeah. So, but I, I would say that like yeah, I think you should check this film out. I wouldn't be like turned away from it just because it's eccentric or like, you know, it's, it's a hidden gem. Yeah. If you're into these sort of mystery films, I think this is worth a, uh, a look. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. That makes me, I'm, I'm pumped. You guys both liked it. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's a, I, I was like, they're probably not going to like this. <laughs> so no, I like it. I mean, I, I, I kind of like, I kind of want to like it more. Totally. You know what I mean? But I got to I definitely when reviewing it. I got to bring to light like some of the things that definitely there was literally a moment where I felt myself sort of come down where I was just like, oh, this right here in this movie is sort of taking me out of it. And like this is like one thing that like literally I was so into it right before that. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think like what what helped me was I went into it cold, obviously, first. So I just I just watched it. Didn't read anything about it. I just kind of let it you know, smack me in the face. Yep. And then, but when I started to do more research on it, I was like, oh, that's okay. I, I, and I was like, when I was watching, I was like, is this like a parody of this character? And I was like, I was kind of putting those notes in my head. Mm-hmm. And when I did the research on the, mo- on the movie, I was like, oh, 
okay, I was right. So, and then I started, then I kind of understood what they were trying to do. I listened to the interviews with like Neil Simon and all that. And that it, for me, that made it much more enjoyable. Yeah, that fleshed it out for you. Yeah. But like you said, that people aren't going to do that. That's the thing. You it's do like, need like, so we're watching films from other genres and we're watching films that jump around from eras. Right. And that's mm-hmm. what we're doing here at Cinemigos. We're not just focused on one type of film. We're right. expanding our cinematic horizons. And by doing that, we're going to watch stuff that's taken out of its out of context. It's taken out of an era where we weren't born there. We didn't grow up in the 70s. We were right. in the 50s. So, like, yeah. you're going to watch these things. You got to be patient with some of these films. You got to have, you know, take a grain of salt. You got to be fucking open minded when you watch something. It's not going to it's not going to hit the same elements that like, uh, you know, your modern day film is in theaters right now. So, right. But I think if you're into film at all, these are the sort of films that like stand out. They're they're hidden. They're lesser known films. And I'm glad that like you brought this now to my lexicon of like murder by death. It's it's a fun film. man. It's yeah. great characters in it, too. Like I could I, I awesome. dig it. And I think we're going to watch over time. Uh, we're only on episode five now, but we're going to we're going to review movies that are going to touch on character tropes. Of this nature, right? We're gonna, we're gonna. I know Rob's gonna make us watch some kind of PI fucking Columbo Humphrey Bogart bullshit, and I'm just saying that it's not even. I'm just saying like, and I'll I'll probably end up digging it, but right now I'm like reluctant, right? But when I watch it, I'll be like, oh shit, and then I can see like, oh, this dialogue is taken uh, now. Yeah, where fucking Murder by Death got their dialogue for that one noir scene. You know what I mean? Like, I dig it. So like, I think. I think a little bit, if you know a little bit more about what you're getting into with this film, maybe that would help out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally. You know what I mean? Like if you had shown it to your wife, Rob, and you kind of broke it down first, she might enjoy it more once she knows what she's getting into. But if you just sit her down and like just throw her in, she's not going to understand. But if you say, no. hon, do you know like the crime novels of the 40s and 50s? And she's like, yeah, I'm fairly familiar. And then you fill it in. Well, like certain characters talk like this and they had a like, right. I don't know. Yeah, it would it would certainly help. That's all. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, one thousand percent. Yeah, but no, that was a that's a good conversation and a a fun film, man. I enjoyed this film. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm glad that I'm glad that you had that that moment with your your granddad. um, Yeah, law. That's a weird term I've never used before. But yeah, I know. I know. You know what? It wasn't. It's uh, it was my grandma. Like I have stepsisters, but they're also my sister in law. So like, so he's like, I I was trying to figure it out actually because he was. It's it was my grandma's second husband, so he would be my grandfather. Your step step grand step grandpa. Yeah, I guess my step grand. But so it's it's weird. Like she was already married to him when I was born. Yeah. yeah. So when I I grew up just thinking of him as my grandfather. Yeah, that's grandpa. Yeah. Technically, right. I dig it, man. Her second husband. I dig that. Like a film like this that's kind of stuck with you for a while. You shared with us, and we've gotten to. It's funny because it seemed like the perfect opportunity. Like I've never. I've. I'm gonna be. I've never suggested this movie to anybody. Like I've never read. Like. Just because I've never really thought about it, but like, that's what uh, this is about, right? Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it just it was perfect because as soon as like I sat down and I'm trying to think of movies and I'm like, there's no fucking these guys are gonna know every fucking movie. I've no, possibly, no, right? I know, I know you had nope. the, I know you had that issue where you were like, well, I don't know, I don't watch as many movies as you guys. I don't know. I'll look through what I own. Yeah, then, I didn't even know you own this, but like when I saw this movie on the docket, I was like. I don't fucking know what murder by death yeah. is. So like there obviously John knows more films than he thinks he knows. Like yeah. and that was kind of the light bulb moment for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, bro. And look, if there's a movie that literally none of us know, it still works for what we're trying to do here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, it's all about having a couple of new opinions and new new eyes on something. Right. Just fresh set. Yeah. Yeah. And then hopefully the people that listen to our show get that as well. Yeah. You know, maybe they pause it in the beginning and they say, this film sounds interesting. I'm going to pause the review and I'm going to go watch the film. Yeah. Hey, fuck to yeah. me, that's the best thing that I like. The best podcast that I enjoy are the, are the podcasts that do that. Whether you listen to the review first and then go watch the film or if we can get you to watch a film like that's I think that's our job. Yeah, that's yeah. our job. Fuck yeah. Well, where uh, I, I swear I've seen you somewhere before, Bird. Could you could you possibly tell me what what you, you may have heard me? Yeah, side? you may have heard me on. I have my own podcast, actually, uh, on all the podcast launchers. Uh, it's called the Cut Above Horror Review. And uh, we're on Instagram at um, a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. Uh, we're also on Twitter at cut above horror. Ah, oh, that's right. That's exactly where I remember you from. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Robert, what about you, my good man? Uh, I also have another uh, podcast that I do. It's called Circle of Jerks Podcast. You can find us on YouTube. Um, and our social media handles are at Instagram, uh, Circle of Jerks Podcast, or on Twitter, at PodcastCOJ. Uh, or if you want to reach out to me personally, uh, I am at RoboRice. John, I feel like you... I feel like you've spoken about something that you're into. Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. I do I do uh, enjoy the old retro video game now that you mention it. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash kinetic uh, underscore onslaught, O-N-S-L-O-T, where I just play a shit ton of uh, NES games, and uh, we beat them. We, uh, we have good conversation, and uh, that's what we do. I think that's incredible that you... I love that you do cartridge-based games mainly. Like yeah. that's just, and I, I love you. that you search them out and that you know all these things about like changing out the batteries and the for the save states and all these other totally. things. I think that's interesting because that's like a lost art. Um, you know, I mean, I know YouTube's probably very like, much a lost art. But it's yeah, crazy. cool, especially when one travels. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I would love to hear about you traveling to like Japan and yeah. then. Like, being able because they have so many like hidden gems there oh dude as far as cartridges go they have all those little shops and um yeah i dig it so i I definitely think maybe one day we can get a um a cinemigos stream going that would be sick there is a there is a uh this is a more modern game but there is a texas chainsaw massacre game coming out soon yes there is uh it's made by the guys friday 13th yeah Yeah. so when that does come out coming out in august and i heard pretty good things about it so far and i kind of want to get like a cross promotional podcast uh game thing going oh dude oh yeah us cut above and some of these other people that i know through podcasting i thought that would be an interesting sort of cross promotional thing we'll pick it up we'll figure it out i was telling my friend about like what we're doing here with this podcast and when i mentioned your your twitch handle he's like oh dude i watch him he's awesome oh that's amazing yeah, I was like, oh shit, you know, you, you know, oh, I was like, yeah, he's, he's great, man. Yeah, because like, I feel like that's a small market too, like a smaller market. Like there are people that are into it, but like if you're into that sort of scene, man, there's got to be only a few people that you can know to go to watch. So to, I bet people find you on Twitch and are like, oh shit, there's somebody else doing these retro games. Like, oh, dude, yeah. I think that's interesting time. as fuck. Just and the- I like that you're like letting people see like this older world like you know i mean it's not disappearing like someone like you's out there like showing people these hidden gems or even the shitty gems or whatever yeah whatever dude, they they're like. both good they're both good. yeah 
this. Yeah, man. It's uh it's awesome. I dig it. Uh, we didn't speak on, um, what's next week's pick, Rob, uh, Rob, that's your pick, right? Well, that would be my pick and we're going back into, uh, old man territory here. We're going to go to the grandfather of the crime thriller, uh, uh, Fritz Lang's M from 1931 starring, uh, Peter Lorre, uh, is a famous Hungarian actor that I love. Uh, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to dive into that movie. It's going to be a, a grand time. All I'm right. sorry, I'm snoring. I was I fell asleep. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh so uh when the listeners um aren't listening to the podcast, where can they find us on social medias? Uh they can find us on Twitter at Trace Cinemigos, T-R-E-S Cinemigos. They can also find us on Instagram at Cinemigos one word underscore podcast. That's perfect, boys. And remember. I'm sorry if I'm shocking you, ma'am, but I never had time to go to finishing school. My school is the streets, and looking down the barrel of a pointed revolver is my teacher. Hey, your badges. Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. 